God's Little Brown Church Sermon Series featuring Pastor Andrew Chrysler. Praise the Lord. Okay, the 22nd of January. One more Sunday this month. Praise God. I got good news. Jesus died for your sins. When I was an absolute mess with no hope, even before I was an absolute mess with no hope, even before I was thought about, even before any of us were thought about, God looked down through the, through the pages of time and knew just as He'd set, just as was stated in, in Genesis chapter 6, that God looked down and saw that the intent of man's heart was to do evil continually. And God had a plan, even before the garden. God had a plan of salvation because He knew what was going to happen. As He created people and gave them free will, gave them a choice, I chose wrong. And He made a way that I might come boldly before the throne of grace. That you might come boldly before the throne of grace. God sent Jesus to make the way to redeem our lives from destruction. Matthew chapter 9, beginning with verse 9, says, As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, Follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now it happened, as Jesus sat at the table in the house, that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. Stop right there for just a minute. When we're going through Scripture, it's important to see ourselves in the pages of Scripture. And I can look at this passage and I can recognize when I was lost and needing Jesus, needing an answer, needing hope. Recognize that He welcomed me with open arms. He drew me near. But I also have to look at the Scripture and make sure I'm not one of the ones saying, what are you doing wasting time with them? Why are you spending time with them? 
Lord, help me. To be honest, I don't consciously do this. But every once in a while, there's a twinge. Every once in a while, there's a, Lord, I need you even more. Learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Lord, help me to lift up other people and say that just as God took this wretched person and redeemed my life from destruction, there is not a person around me that Jesus did not die for. There's not a person you will encounter that God does not love, that Jesus didn't pay the price for. Now, whether they will accept the price or not is between them and God. But there is no one so far gone. There is no one who has sinned so much that Jesus' blood couldn't pay the price. Lord, help me to be a light in the darkness of this world. You've called us to be ministers in this generation, ministers in this locality, ministers in this day and age. Jesus died for my sins, including the sin of omission of reaching out to other people, the sins of being an unfaithful witness. Still paid the price for my sin. Romans 5, beginning with verse 6, says, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man would someone even dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love toward us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if we, or if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. He continues to lead us, continues to draw us, continues to teach us, continues to direct us because of what he has done on our behalf. God so loved the world that he sent his son, his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should, should not perish, but should have eternal life. Whoever, whoever, praise God. So we read about, read these scriptures and we see that, you know, God has made a way and praise God. Jesus, you know, drawing the sinners to him. Praise God. But also the danger of being the Pharisees, like, yeah, but what are you going to do with that one? Praise God if God can work in me. Imagine what he could do with a nice person. People tell me, you're the nicest person I met. Like, you did not meet me before Jesus. That much I'll tell you. Because people that met me before Jesus say, you are a preacher? Let me tell you about the grace and love and mercy of God that he can change anyone's life. Jesus died for my sins and he died for the sins of the whole world. Hebrews 9, beginning with verse 16, says, for there is, Where there is a testament, there must also of necessity be the death of a testator. For the testament is in force after men are dead since it has no power at all while the testator lives. 
Therefore, not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats with water, scarlet wool and hyssop, and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. Likewise, when he sprinkled the blood both with blood, both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry, and according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Sometimes we forget that or just allow it to, to fade. We could not come before a holy God in our sin. Our sin had to be paid for by blood. And as we're sharing with people, it's important that they understand that Jesus had to die to pay the price for my sin and for theirs. For your sin and for theirs. He had to. It had to happen. God, a holy God, cannot accept sin. It must be paid for. Our lives were set for destruction, but they have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. They have been redeemed by this perfect sacrifice. That Jesus was willing to go and willing to go to the, to the, um, to the cross. Remember in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane as he's praying, he tells his disciples, pray that you do not enter into temptation. Then he goes further and he goes down and he prays and the angel comes and ministers to him. But he's praying as he's pouring his heart out saying, Father, if there is another way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And it says, as he prayed, his sweat became as great drops of blood. Sweat pouring off of him from the stress of the moment. Father, if there is no other, if, if there is another way, can we go that way? Nevertheless, and being willing to do what he was sent to do. There's another place, um, Jesus says, what shall I say, Father, save me from, the, from this hour? But it is for this purpose that I came to this hour. He knew what his destiny was. He knew what was going to happen. He tried telling his disciples, we're going to go down to Jerusalem and they're going to crucify me. Or they're going to put me to death. And the disciples completely missed it. Went right over their heads. They didn't get an understanding. And then he talked about when he raised from the dead. And scripture says, and they, and they pondered within themselves what raised from the dead means. Couldn't get a grasp on it. When Jesus... Excuse me. Jesus talking to Peter, saying, Satan has desired to have you that he might sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, go back and strengthen the brethren. That's a command to all of us. When we are converted, when we are changed, praise God we've been changed. Our goal is to go back and strengthen the brethren. To tell them what great things the Lord has done on our, on our behalf. Back to Romans 3, beginning with verse 19. It says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may be guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall 
no flesh shall be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Understanding what God's Word says points out where we've fallen short. Understanding how holy God is illustrates how far, how far we are from it. We talked about this in the last few weeks. Isaiah 6, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord on the year King Uzziah died. I saw the Lord high and lifted up and His train filled the temple. And it, and it goes on down and it says, Woe is me, for I am undone. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King of glory. And recognize how far short, how far away he was. And recognize he was just miserable. He was no, less than nothing in comparison to God. Or Job, after everything he'd been through and after God had answered him, Job says, Before I heard of you by the hearing of the ears, but now my eyes have seen you, and I abhor myself in dust and ashes. Because he recognized this is the holy God who invites us through the blood of the Lamb, who invites us through the perfect sacrifice that He sent, that we might be called children of God, be adopted, call out Abba, Father, boldly enter into the throne of grace because of what Jesus did on our behalf. And He didn't just do it for me. He didn't just do it for you. Jesus died to pay for the sin of the world. We are called to go out into the harvest and to go out and to bring this news, to go out and bring this word, and go out and demonstrate with our lives the grace and mercy, love and mercy of God. Getting back to the Scripture. From verse 20, Therefore by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Seeing the law, reading the law, lets us know how far short we was from what God has declared to do. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And that's condemning right there. Because I fall short. Because we all fall short. I can love people to the very best of my ability, but I don't love, as much, love them as much as I love me. Therefore, I haven't loved my neighbor as myself. Not everybody. There's people I'm really, really, really fond of. But Lord, help me to be the light you've called me to be, to be the witness you've called me to be, to be faithful in what you've called me to do. Verse 21. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. To all, to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Stop right there for just a second. Going back to the Pharisees saying, how come your master eats with publicans and sinners? And Jesus says, learn what this means. I would have mercy and not sacrifice. All have sinned. I can't say I'm, you know, like the... the Pharisee and the publican, Jesus talking about the, the Pharisee saying, Lord, I thank you that I'm not as other men. I give tithes of all that I owe. I you know, fast twice in a week and all of these wonderful things. I thank you that I'm not like this guy. Lord, don't let that be me. 
because the publican wouldn't even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast and said, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus said, I tell you, that man went down to his house justified rather than the other. I would have mercy and not sacrifice. Um, um, Micah 6.8 He has told the old man and shown me what is good. What does the Lord require of thee but to do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God? Do what's right. Be merciful to everyone around you. And recognize that it's only by the grace and love and mercy of God that we can come into His presence. It gives us a different attitude. It gives us a different perspective. Knowing that it is a holy God who drew us out of darkness and He tells us to reach out to those around us. That they also might be drawn out of darkness. Jesus said, no one can come to me except my Father draw them. But Scripture says... How can they believe if they never hear? And how can they hear if no one will speak? Lord, we are called to be the mouthpiece. We are called to reach out and to be that light. Verse 24, being justified freely by His grace. Freely by His grace. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth as a propitiation by His blood. A payment, a redemption. Paid for my sin. Paid for your sin. Through faith to demonstrate His righteousness. You think about that? Jesus dying on the cross demonstrated the righteousness of God that sin couldn't enter into His presence, but because a payment had been made, a propitiation, a propitiation, a, a redemption, we can be drawn into His presence. Because in His forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Talk about this all the time in Isaiah 53, verses 10 through 12, says, when you claim His soul as a sacrifice of sin, that He looks down and sees Him. God looks down and sees Jesus standing in our place. He sees the sacrifice of his soul and is satisfied. As the New Testament writers are trying to explain this, I'm surprised none of them reference that passage. Because Isaiah laid it out right there. It's the Spirit of the Lord speaking through Isaiah laid it out talking about the suffering servant, saying when you claim his soul as a sacrifice for sin, he looks down and sees him. Now, Paul worded it in different ways, talking it to to um, talking about it before uh, the religious leaders, talking about it even in Rome. He laid it out at one point where he was called, and he and he looks around the room, and half of them are Pharisees, and half of them are Sadducees, and he says, "It is for the hope of Israel that I am called in question for this day." Because the Pharisees believed in a resurrection and the Sadducees didn't. So he stirred up turmoil there. 
God, his scripture here says that he is righteous, that he is the just, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. When we believe God's word says what it says and God meant what he said when he wrote it. When we stand in faith, recognizing what God has done on my behalf, Jesus died for my sins and for yours. Um... Where's the passage? It's in the New Testament. That much I remember, so that narrows it right on down. So I'll forget that one. Oh, I know where it was. Jesus is at uh, Simon the, the Pharisee's house. And he's at a meal. And as he's there with, with those... In there, this woman comes in with the perfume, and, and, or this woman comes in, and she's crying, and she's washing Jesus' feet with her tears and drying them with her hair. And the Pharisees, talking among themselves, said, if he were a prophet, if, if, he, knew what kind, if he were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman this was and wouldn't let her touch him. And Jesus says, Simon, I have something to say to you. Say on, Lord. <laughs> when the Lord says, I have something to say to you, it's probably going to hit the heart. Probably. Just throw that out there. I have some, somewhat to say to you. Speak on, Lord. He said, a certain man had two debtors. And the one owed a small amount. I don't remember the, the numbers. One owed a large amount. And when neither of them could pay, he frankly forgave them both. Which one loved him the most? And the Pharisee said, I imagine the one he forgave the most. He says, you say right. When I came in, you didn't give me anything to wash my hands. This woman has washed my feet with her tears. You didn't give me a kiss of greeting. This woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since she came in. He said, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. My sins, which were many, are forgiven because of what Jesus did. Your sins, which were many, which separated you from a holy God, are forgiven because He paid the price. And there is not anyone that we will encounter that he doesn't love that much that he wants to forgive and bring them into fellowship, bring them into relationship, bring them into family, adopt them so that they can cry out, Abba, Father, their sins which are many and be forgiven. Oh, Lord, help us to reach out to those around us that need your forgiveness, that need your touch, that need to be drawn by your Spirit. Let them know about this holy and wondrous God who made a way of reconciliation, made a way to redeem our lives from destruction, that we might be called the children of the living God. And walk forward in that, walk in that new life, having laid aside the things of the past, having laid aside the old ways, walk in newness of life. Romans 6 For when you were slaves to sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. 
What fruit did you have with the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We were dead. Second Corinthians 5, verses 14 and 15 says, For the love of Christ compelled us, compels us, because we judge this, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I should have been dead many times over. You've heard the different things that have happened to me in my life. But God had a plan. God has not, God is not done with me yet. Praise God. And he who began the good work is faithful to complete it. God has not brought me or you this far to leave us here. He still has a plan and purpose for every step and every moment of every day for the rest of our lives. All of our days are written in the book. God knows exactly how many days we have. We don't. But we are called to live out each day in the will of God. Each day being led by the Spirit of God. Each day being faithful witnesses of what God has done. This far the Lord has been with me. I hold up my Ebenezer stone. This far God has taken care of me. This far, let me tell you about this wondrous God who took a really, really, really messed up guy and began to change me. Gave me a new life. Gave me a new focus. Gave me a new hope. Took off those weights of the sin, those things that held me back. That I might walk in His love. That I might walk in His light. That I might show to the world around me this love, this gracious God who can take a messed up person like me and change my life completely. There's nothing too hard for my God. I've seen Him take really, really, really messed up people and change them. Praise the Lord. Final passage, 1 John 1, beginning with verse 5. says, This is the message that we have heard from Him and declare to you, that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of his son of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. All sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. As we walk through this life, know that through the blood of Jesus, we have a propitiation for our sin. Not only our sin, 
Jesus told the Pharisees, learn what this means. I would have mercy and not sacrifice. We are called to reach out to those around us, to be faithful witnesses, to tell of the love and grace and mercy of God who took this messed up person and changed my life completely. And because I know he changed my life, I know that you haven't messed up so bad he can't change yours either. Let me tell you about this great, loving, merciful, forgiving God that will cleanse your life, redeem your life from destruction. Give you newness of life and a purpose and a plan to go forward. He loves you and has a purpose for your life. Help each of us to be a light and to be a beacon to pointing those around us to this great and loving and merciful God who loves us so much that he made the way that we might walk in newness of life. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. We know, Father, that your word is true. Lord, there's nothing too hard for you. You have shown yourself mighty in so many ways in our lives. You have redeemed our lives from destruction. You have given us new, new life and called us to walk in your light. But also, Lord, called us to share that with those around us. You tell us to do the work of an evangelist. To show what great things the Lord has done for you. As Jesus told the, uh, the person he delivered from the legion of demons, go and show what great things the Lord has done for you. As he told those lepers that were cleansed. And as he told each of us, go tell what God has done for you. That we might declare to the world around us, that we serve a God who sees, a God who knows everything about us. And just as the Samaritan woman, he told me everything I ever did. Isn't this the Messiah? You know everything about us and you love us and you've redeemed us and you've called us your own. Father, we thank you for it. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit glbcdt.org.